Hello， 同情家族，欢迎收听 Look Back Sunday。在这个节目，姜老师会汇整过去不同国家与主题的热门跟读文章，让你可以在十五分钟内吸收最精华的世界时事趣闻。Let's get right to it. In Britain, rising prices and shortages evoke 1970s-style jitters. Long lines at gas stations, rising fuel prices, empty shelves in supermarkets, and worries about runaway inflation. Britons have emerged from 18 months of pandemic-imposed hibernation to find their country has many of the same afflictions it had during the 1970s. There is nothing Austin Powers like about this time machine. Unlike the swinging 60s, the 70s were, by all accounts, Some of the bleakest days in post-war Britain, even contemplating a return to them is enough to make leaders of the current government shiver. The sudden burst of doomsaying in Britain is rooted at least as much in psychology as economics. While there is no question the country faces a confluence of problems, some caused by the pandemic, others by Brexit, experts said. It was far too soon to predict that Britain was headed for the kind of economic malaise and political upheaval that characterized that decade. It's a combination of things that could, in principle, lead to that, but are quite survivable on their own," said Jonathan Ports, a professor of economics at King's College London. "We always talk about the 1970s, but it's half a century later." And all sorts of things are different. Britain's economy, he noted, has bounced back faster from the pandemic than many experts predicted. The shortages in labour and some goods are likely a transitory effect of reopening much of the economy after prolonged lockdowns. Rising wages and supply bottlenecks are driving up the inflation rate. While the fuel shortages that have closed dozens of gas stations reflect a shortage of truck drivers, not of energy supplies, nor does Britain have the aging industrial base and powerful unions it had in the 1970s. Labour unrest led to crippling strikes that brought down a Conservative Prime Minister, Edward Heath, and one of his Labour Party successors, James Callaghan. After what the tabloids called the winter of discontent in 1979, and yet the parallels are suggestive enough that the right-leaning Daily Mail warned that Britain faces winter of woe, a chilly welcome for Prime Minister Boris Johnson as he returned from the United States, having celebrated a new submarine alliance. And rallied countries in advance of a UN climate change conference in Scotland in November. That is a very easy ghost to resurrect," said Kim Darroch, a former British ambassador to Washington, who now sits in the House of Lords. But these are real problems. You can just see this perfect storm coming. Next, Brexit done at last. Now for the hard part. The United Kingdom left the EU on Friday, its most significant change, of course, since the last of its empire, and a major blow to 70 years of effort to forge European unity from the ruins of two world wars. 
after the numerous twists and turns of a three and a half year crisis. The final parting is an anticlimax of sorts. Britain steps into the twilight zone of a transition period that preserves membership in all but name until the end of this year. At a stroke, the EU will lose 15% of its economy, its biggest military spender, and the world's international financial capital, London. This is the moment when the dawn breaks and the curtain goes up on a new act, said UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson, one of the leaders of the Leave campaign in the 2016 referendum. It is a moment of real national renewal and change. This United Kingdom. The EU cautioned that leaving meant losing the benefits of membership, though the US said Britons want to escape the tyranny of Brussels, while Britons either side of the Brexit, a portmanteau of Britain and exit, divide expressed either sadness or delight. For proponents, Brexit is Independence Day. An escape from what they cast as a doomed German-dominated project that is failing its 500 million people. Opponents believe Brexit is a folly that will weaken the West, shrivel what is left of Britain's global clout, undermine its economy, and ultimately lead to a more inward-looking and less cosmopolitan set of islands in the Northern Atlantic. Brexit was always about much more than Europe. The referendum, which split voters 52% to 48%, showed up deep divisions and triggered soul-searching about everything from secession and immigration to empire and modern Britishness. Small time frame ahead. February 1st marks the beginning of a new phase of negotiations between London and Brussels to agree on the shape of their future relationship. They have until the end of 2020, a transition period during which Britain will remain an EU member in all but name, to hammer out an agreement on trade and other issues including security, energy, transport links, fishing rights and data flow. Johnson claims 11 months is time enough to strike a zero-tariff, zero-quota trade deal and has vowed, even though the option is there, not to extend the limbo period beyond 2020. If they fail, the legal default will be a potentially crippling no-deal Brexit that would leave trade between Britain and the EU from 2021 onwards based on WTO terms and see the imposition of import duties and controls. Next. In slumping UK, feelings of Brexit toward Brexit. Six and a half years after voting to leave the European Union, three years after the formal departure, two years after signing a post-Brexit trade deal with Brussels, and one month after installing its fourth prime minister since the 2016 referendum, Britain is caught in, what else? Another debate over Brexit. Brexit may be in the history books, but regret, as the British newspapers have called it, is back in the air. The cause of the remorse is clear. Britain's economic crisis, which is the gravest in a generation, and worse than those of its European neighbours. Not all, 
or even most of the problems are because of Brexit. But Britain's vexed trade relationship with the rest of Europe indisputably plays a role. That makes it a ripe target for an anxious public casting about for something to blame. The latest eruption of this never-ending drama began last week with an opinion poll that showed support for Brexit had fallen to its lowest level yet. Only 32% of those surveyed in the poll by the firm YouGov said that they thought leaving the European Union was a good idea. 56% said it was a mistake. The Brexit second-guessing grew louder this week after the Sunday Times of London published a report that Prime Minister Rishi Sunak was considering pursuing a closer arrangement with the European Union, modelled on that of Switzerland. The Swiss have access to the single market and fewer border checks in return for paying into the bloc's coffers and accepting some of its rules. Sunak quickly shut down the report, which was attributed to senior government sources. Under my leadership, Sunak told Business Executives Monday, the United Kingdom will not pursue any relationship with Europe that relies on alignment with EU laws. I voted for Brexit. I believe in Brexit, Sunak added. I know that Brexit can deliver, and is already delivering, enormous benefits and opportunities for the country. While nobody is predicting that Britain will seek to rejoin the European Union, Political analysts said that the Sunday Times report, on top of the dismal economic data and growing popular sentiment against Brexit, would open a fresh chapter in Britain's search for a new relationship with the rest of Europe. Where that would lead, they cautioned, was impossible to predict. Good job, and thanks for tuning in. 欢迎到我们官网 www.15minutes.today 有兴趣John老师以及其他资深英语老师对谈的节目 记得周末也要回来收听我们同情学英语 Catch you in the next one